Well, hello again. This is Mark Dunnigan with The Daily Answer. And I want to continue a topic from our last episode, and that is heaven. I want to think more about heaven. Again, set your mind on things above. Colossians chapter 3. Lay up treasure in heaven. The Sermon on the Mount. You've got people there. It's interesting in Luke chapter 16, 22, when Lazarus died, he is escorted into the next life by the angels to a place of comfort. If you were not raised in a Christian home, that is, you did not come from a home where mom and dad were Christians and the grandparents were, you might you might wonder, like, do I have do I really have anyone waiting for me there? Well, first of all, you got the angels waiting for you. It's easy to think of dying um, as giving up, leaving people behind, and being alone. Yet, I believe that the time of our earthly existence is probably when we have been most alone. Looking back, looking back from an eternal perspective, the time when we are most alone is our time right now, our time at earth. We will have far more close friends, real friends, in the afterlife than we ever had here. The long list of faithful believers in past ages, Hebrews 11, wait for us. In fact, in Hebrews chapter 12, it seems like they're almost part of an audience that is watching us run the race set before us. Have you ever met a person and immediately felt, man, there's a connection there. Soul sisters, soul brothers, right? We have many people waiting for us in the next life that value what we value, that see things as we see them, with whom that we're going to be kindred spirits from the start. Faithful Christians that we knew in the past will be there, people that ran the race before us. Maybe aged Christians when we were newly baptized and maybe we they were just around for a year or six months of our life. We'll be reunited with them. And then how about ancestors that that we never knew who had obeyed the gospel long before we came along on the scene? Imagine entering the afterlife and meeting someone who says, you don't know me, but I live 500 years before you and we're related. And I was a Christian too. Man, won't that be great? Children that we may have lost due to a miscarriage or those who live just a short time on this earth wait for you in the afterlife. When David's son died, he said, I shall go to him, but he will not return to me. Second Samuel 12, 23. These children are safe and they're waiting for us. What will it feel like to see them for the first time or seeing them again and hearing, Mom, Dad? There will be a lot of catching up to do, won't there be? Okay. This is also pictured as a place of comfort. You know, Blessed are the dead that die in the Lord, for they will rest from their labors. And even Lazarus, who goes to an intermediate state, Luke 16, 25, is pictured as being comforted here, comforted. Have you ever wondered about what that comfort might include? Well, 
here's some things to here's some things to roll around in your head. In Revelation 21, verse 4, it speaks to the removal of all tears. And so it looks like that, among other things, this is a comfort that heals all the painful memories. If there are people that we love that did not choose God, then this comfort heals even that pain. We will understand. We will understand that they had many choices, excuse me, many opportunities. They could have done the right thing. We will understand that. We will understand that they don't want us being with them. They don't want us following them. This comfort might include revealing to us the full extent of our works. Their works follow after them, Revelation 14, 13. That is to say, what's the rest of your what's the rest of the story? What was the long-range influence of our efforts? We probably, if we were faithful, we did more good than we've ever imagined. Maybe that person with whom we tried to share Jesus but who rejected it at the moment actually did become a believer. Maybe that child who was disobedient and I know a situation like this. A man in Oregon, he didn't obey the gospel until maybe his 60s or 70s. But his mom had been a Christian. And when his mom died, he was not faithful. And when he was baptized, he said, this would make my mom happy. We will probably run into people, and this may be true of us a little bit, the people that run into us. How did you make it here? <laughs> you know, last time I talked to you, you had no interest in spiritual things or God. Maybe God will take the time to sit you down and say, I just want to show you all the ripples of your life. Kind of like it's a wonderful life, but very detailed. The impact that you had, that your single faithful life had, and all the good that you did. You know, heaven is pictured in both Testaments as a place free from sin. The pure are there. Nothing unclean enters. Psalm 24, who may ascend into the hill of the Lord, who may stand in his holy place, he who has clean, clean hands and a pure heart. Blessed are the pure in heart, they shall see God. Matthew 5 and verse 8. 1 John 1 9 says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and righteous to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You can actually jump clean. You can live this life clean. And as an example of how accessible forgiveness is, consider the thief on the cross. Here is a man, it looks like he had lived a sinful life, who had even joined in and ridiculed and mocked Jesus earlier that day, Matthew 27, 44. Yet later that day, this particular thief had a change of heart. He rebukes the other thief who still ridiculed and mocked Jesus, Luke 24, 40. He owns up and accepts responsibility for his own sins. We are receiving what we deserve for our deeds, Luke 24, 41. He notes the innocence of Jesus, verse 41, and then simply, humbly asks for Jesus to remember him 
when Jesus comes in triumph. Verse 42. And Jesus did not say, too late now. Or you're only saying this because, you know, you're about ready to face death. Rather, Jesus said, today you shall be with me in paradise. Verse 43. You can be completely cleansed of sin in a matter of seconds. All it takes is submission and obedience to God. Therefore, if you or I confess our sins, repent of our sins. And if we're not a Christian, if we're baptized for the remission of our sins, right? Acts 2.38, we should never fear that those sins might be held against us. Never allow the devil to whisper in your ear, heaven does not want you. God earnestly desires your well-being, actually. Obviously, we cannot choose how we're going to die. And we're not given the right to choose when. But rather like the thief, I can choose with what perspective, attitude, and with what words I can exit this life. Have you pondered that? How about some practical things here? Have you written love notes to your mate, your children, your friends? Have you written them words of kindness, telling them how much they mean to you? And something that they will have long after they're gone. How about reminding the young and healthy to enjoy their youth and vigor but never to place their trust in such things, that such things are fleeting, while spiritual things are not. Ecclesiastes 12, verse 1. Are you writing down, maybe even recording, the lessons that you've learned in life? What have you really learned and of value? Kind of like, what's the most important advice someone has ever given you? Why were you faithful? Why were you able to come? Why others did not? Have you written that down? Have you, are you telling that story? How about recording your answered prayers and how God has delivered you from so many things? How about telling that story? Do you have a list of answered prayers? And are you planning your funeral or just leaving it to others? And when you plan it, are you planning it in a manner in which the living will be both encouraged, comforted, and convicted? Please ask the seven, two through four. You know, life is so short for all of us. Time passes by quickly. Never forget this. Our parting will only be temporary. And in years to come, when we see one another again, it will seem as if our time apart was only momentary in relation to an eternity worshiping God alongside one another. We need to dream more about heaven. We need to ponder. We need to spend more time thinking about the afterlife and what that is going to be like. This is Mark Dunnigan for The Daily Answer. Until next time, we'll see you in 
the Funny Papers. 